We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, welcome, everybody. This is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host, Joe Pizzapia, and with me every Friday, working it out, making dreams come true, John McKechnie. John, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm great, man. It's uh, We got 70-degree weather up here in Wisconsin this weekend, so I'm going to enjoy that uh, because it's going to probably just turn into the tundra by Tuesday. So uh, I'm just re- I'm ready for this weekend. Uh, I do want to know, though, how are you holding up as a Mets fan with, with uh, Yankee Mania just at, at full pitch right now? It's, it's just status quo for me. I mean, this, is, this has yeah, been my yeah. life, for the mo- except for the 80s when I was a kid. In 2015, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you had that little window in 2000, another window in 2015. Of course, losing to the Yankees back in 2000 was no fun, that's for sure. Oof. But now it's uh, – look, the Yankee team is fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. It's not as obnoxious as the bought and sold Yankee teams. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm more pissed about the managers that just keep fl- the quality managerial candidates like garden hire and Cora who don't seem to even have a shot at, with the New York Mets and have now gone on to other places. So that's much more frustrating in my world. But the good news is apparently we're very popular on Twitter, John, because I got a ton of Twitter action this weekend, uh, this past weekend, I should say, of people listening and, and interacting with us on, and I love it, man. I love it. I, and they love the wrestling shtick. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking this week, you and me, table ladders and chairs. I'm gonna pick you up and I'm gonna climb the ladder with you and I'm gonna power bomb you right through the table, through the pay lines, and I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna grab a fantasy football championship right from the top there. Oh, I'd like to see you try, brother. Don't test me, McKechnie. <laughs> Uh, we've got a, a fun slate of games here, including another London game. Fun fact, Adrian Peterson will be the first person to ever play two London games in a season. You like that? I'm sure he's really pumped about it. <laughs> Players seem to love that going over there and just being really tired for like two weeks afterward. 
Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good just when you thought you could buy back into Adrian Peterson, right? And I know last week I said don't do it. Was was the result everything it was for those who bought in? You're absolutely right. Am I buying in this week? Eh, because of the London thing, I'm a little sketch about it. Before we get into the breakdowns, what's your takeaway from the Peterson game? Like, I thought it was great. It was awesome. It was fun to watch. I'm happy that Peterson is, a, you know, had a game like that. But at the same time, John, I look and I go, okay, well, now we're traveling to London. I think the price is still okay where you can go in there and, and you can try to do it one more time. Uh, it worked out for people. I didn't have any shares of it, and that's okay. I still think it was more dangerous than it was positive. What's your take on the Peterson thing this week? Um, you know, that, that's a team that was so far skewed to the past that um, it, it's, it is kind of nice to see uh, them have a legitimate rushing threat, you know, in the post-David uh, Johnson uh, part of the season. Uh, because, I mean, before, you know, coming into last week, and these, this number still stands, they were throwing it two-thirds of the time. That Like, the, the run pass or the pass run split was 67% uh, to the pass. Um, you know, so that's the highest in the league, but by a pretty fair margin ahead of, like, a Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay. Um, so I think that Peterson adds a lot more balance to that offense. I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, but it's still – the fact of the matter is there's still going to be a, a pass-first team. I think that it's just not as comically – uh, pass first at this point. So uh, Peterson seems to uh, kind of like this um, second chance that he's gotten this season. I, I always thought the New Orleans fit was very weird uh, for him. So I, I think going out to Arizona, uh, the land of uh, old running backs to make their one last hurrah uh, kind of seems to to work out for him. Yeah, well, so everyone goes to retire, right? You go to the Florida or you go to Arizona. You know, Florida with the no state income tax, that sounds like a good idea. You know, so that's that's pretty yeah. much what happens. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's where we should go in a couple of years when they put and us then- out to pasture, you know. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the quarterbacks. Week seven, and let's run this bad boy up. Tom Brady, top of the board, 9,200. My goodness, he's expensive. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers, most of the chagrin of our colleague Joe Bartell, who I believe is still crying in his cheese curd somewhere. Uh, he is. I saw, him la- I saw him last yeah, night. It, it's it's not going well. It's bad. You know, he's got like, uh, you know, he's wearing his cheese head pajamas all over the offices. It's very, um, it's upsetting. People are talking. HR is getting involved. It's bad. Uh, he's got like a Rogers beanie baby and like it, you know, that yeah. thing is clearly worn just out. Keeps, he just keeps stroking it. And it's just, <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ryan, 8,700. Dak Prescott, 84. I want to talk about these two guys right here. So Ryan against New England, every single quarterback this year has gone off for over 300 against New England. I, I know the narrative. We all know the narrative, okay? But the 300 yards, that's not a narrative. That's a fact. So right. that's a positive. Then you got Prescott on the other side going against San Fran. Both of these quarterbacks on the road. To me, these are my two favorite cash game quarterbacks of the week. Um, and I'm leading Prescott because in San Fran, I also like, you know, Prescott's ability to run around a little bit. I think he's very dynamic offensively. I think, um, to me, Prescott is the better investment this year, especially because for $300 less, I can spread that around and it matters in a week like this. I think it matters. So I go Prescott. What say you Ryan or Prescott? Um, yeah, I, pr- I probably go with, with Prescott as well. I mean, th- this, uh, Atlanta offense, uh, really hasn't been uh, anywhere close to what it was last year. And you know, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be quite that same level, but for it to be like pretty middling overall um, has been one of the bigger surprises of the year. Um, so going on the road, um, I'm just, 
you know, I have a, just a bad feeling about Matt Ryan, you know, maybe even bucking, bucking the trend that you were just mentioning. Um, so for, yeah, for $300 less, um, Prescott definitely makes a ton of sense. I mean, San Francisco, um, against the pass is really, really bad. Um, and that's pretty well known. Uh, let's yeah, they're like somewhere in the twenties in terms of DVOA and that, in that category. Um, but also, I mean, moving down that list a little bit, um, I think Mariota going against Cleveland also makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, 8,200, and uh, he's going against a Cleveland uh, defense that's wor- the, the worst uh, in the league against the pass, at 32nd, uh, pretty much any way you slice it. So um, if you want a, a piece of that Titans uh, offense, I think starting out with Mariota is a good move too. Well, you know, it's a tricky thing there because you've got Breeze, Mariota, Wilson, and Newton, all of which have matchups on paper that look good. All four of them on the road. All four of them, I think, will probably go two times value or thereabout. But I mean, I don't so know are Ryan if, and Prescott. Well, but here's the thing. See, I think Ryan and Prescott have an opportunity to go three times value. Whereas I'm looking at game script in the Mariota's game against Cleveland, where I think they'll turn to Henry a lot more in that one. Uh, Russell Wilson has been so up and down. I mean, he's a guy that can give you a 30-point game and an eight-point game. Newton with the shoulder, again, questionable. But the Bears have been kind of feisty. You know, and they've been a team. I'm well aware. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's a it's a frustrating spot there. So where I think all those guys are fine, I think the upside of Ryan and Prescott this week are a little bit more. And I want to go down to the bottom rung because we've got some injuries that are opening up some other opportunities. You do have Roethlisberger in the middle of this grouping of quarterbacks before we get down to this this lesser dart throw kind of group. Roethlisberger but at home. Our hands Cincinnati. are washed of him, though. We already said it. Well, he's back at home. Are they washed completely, or, or are we going back to the well one more time? Oh, man. Um, Which, by for, the way, I mean, it's more than just a hand-washing with Roethlisberger. I would use some sort of Purell bath. Some sort of de-lousing spray. Yeah, I mean, even looking at him, I'm kind of just grossed out. Ugh. Yeah, this is not how I wanted to start my it's Friday morning. not the morning. face you want to see at the bar on a Friday night, either. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, but, hey, I'm uh, quarterback <laughs> of the Steelers. Hey. <laughs> Please leave. Um, <laughs> see, see how immediately uncomfortable that is? Men, uh, if you're listening out there, see how immediately uncomfortable that is? Even <laughs> if you are the quarterback of the Steelers, it's uncomfortable. Don't gee. do that. Um, but, yeah, even even this week, even, even you know, the supposed home Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, even at home, he, he was – I mean, I think – was his last home game the one against Jacksonville when he threw five picks? Yeah, it was. So, yeah, uh-huh. Um, I, I, don't think it get, I don't think it gets that uh, out of control this week, but um, I think Cincinnati, um, you know, they, they do get up uh, to play the Steelers most of the time. So I, I have a hard time seeing Roethlisberger getting, like, into that even 18-point range here. All right. We've got Carson Palmer in London, 7K. We've got then um, – you continue to go down here – to the lower group that I want to bring up. It's CJ Beathard. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick, 6,300 apiece. Um, Looking at this grouping, you know, Beathard played well. Dallas's defense is bad. It's a home game. I wonder for 6,300, I mean, he went two times value last week with, you know, not playing the whole game. I I don't know. I kind of look at this and I think if I had to pick one, the Fitzpatrick matchup on the road, I think is a tougher one than CJ Beathard at home. And if I want to have multi-entry and I want to try this and just pay up for Antonio Brown, pay up for Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell, and you know just pay up for the skill positions all across the board, I think you can make a case for one of these guys. And I lean towards CJ. Which way do you go? Yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. I mean, I'm always going to give the rookie uh, some some extra respect. And uh, Beathard, Beathard's a, a tough cookie and uh, obviously looked – 
all right last week. You know, obviously thrown into the fire, completed like just over 50% of his passes or so. Um, but, yeah, this is a home game. Uh, this is one where he's going against a, a, a Dallas defense that really hasn't been uh, impressive uh, pretty much at all this entire season, especially – uh, more more so against the run. We'll, we'll get into that when we go to the running backs. But uh, Beathard and then, you know, and we'll get into George Kittle a little bit later too because uh, Beathard and Kittle were teammates in college. So I think there's a little bit of built-in rapport there. Um, I, I think that, you know, if you are if you are going to go that, that route at quarterback, um, most people probably go the Brett Hundley route, but I think that's a bit of a trap. So I think for $200 less, Beathard makes more sense to me. Yeah, I've, I didn't even mention Hundley because, to me, he's not even on the radar and available. New Orleans' defense has played much better yeah, in the last couple of games. Yeah, especially in the secondary. Especially in the secondary. Uh, you know, and I'm not trying to kill Brett Hundley on this podcast, but I'll, I'll say this. I just – when you're talking about matchups and you're talking about where you like the points to go from, I mean, it's just – it's to me, it's a no-brainer. It's against Dallas. I think the point total is going to be huge in that game. And I think, actually, ironically, it's going to be kind of a fun game to watch. Not quite the – old time days of, you know, the Steve Young, Michael Irvin, Dallas Cowboy, uh, you know, Troy Aikman rivalry of yesteryear, sure. but maybe a fun one nonetheless. You mentioned tough cookies. Are you a hard cookie guy or a soft cookie guy, John? Um, oh, definitely, definitely of the soft variety. Yes, that's the right answer. I don't, uh, I, I don't buy I, these people with the hard cookie. No, I think that those people, uh, you know, if, if they come out and say that, you got to kind of not trust them the same way that you used to. I agree. In fact, uh, there's been people that I've just flat out, uh, you know, gotten rid of in my family. If you're just, uh, you know, just dead to me. You're out of here. Grab your bindle. Yeah, you're gone. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? Just take the cookie out early and, and let it rest. And then it's nice and soft. And, it, you know, burn the cookie. And it's, uh, the bottom's all weird. People, priorities, people. It's, and yeah, Christmas is coming. Winter is coming. That's how you know someone's crazy. I know. Speaking of crazy, let's talk about this running back slate. You like that segue? Hey How about that? I hey know. Pretty right. smooth. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, 9,700. Mod on, as my grandmother would say. That's, uh, that's expensive. And look, with, with, good, with good reason. I mean, the last game was, you know, great. 26 points. But it, it's a tough sell out there. I mean, you're going to get what you pay for with Bell. He's a good return on investment. He's going to give you probably two times value. But it's... It's tough, and the problem is if he bottoms out, that's an issue. Leonard Fournette, unfortunately, dealing with the ankle injury, that's another one. Ezekiel Elliott will play this week, much to the rejoicing of fantasy owners everywhere. So he's got a great opportunity against um, against this 49ers team. And would you say that of these top three big names here, that Zeke is probably the safest one? Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and at 8,700, that's, you know, that's a pretty nice price to, to be going against uh, the 49ers, um, you know, especially with, with Zeke's role in that offense. You know, he's such like a like high usage guy um, out of that backfield. So uh, he makes the most sense out of if you're going way up the board. Um, but for, for me, I, I felt like uh, if you go to like the, the 7,100 and down, uh, I'm trying to pay a little bit more at receiver this week, but yeah, if you if you are going the expensive running back route, um, I like that a fair bit. Um, and I I did want to say uh, if you're if you're looking at like a Todd Gurley, um, the the Cardinals have actually kind of been respectable um, against the run this season, so I, I'm probably uh, fading off of him a little bit this week. Just just throwing that out there. Now we've got Todd Gurley who's going uh, against the Arizona Cardinals again. This is a London game. 
those are always wacky. So I tend to stay away from them. We don't usually yeah. get to play them either because usually they're at nine in the morning. So the different or the East coast time, I should say, but mm-hmm. this one's a little bit later. So it's actually in the one o'clock slate, which is much better, which is like, I keep turning around. Why can't we do this every time they're in London? For real. Stop with this. I mean, I like on the East coast being able to wake up and there's football on that's fun. But, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, especially daily, it's frustrating. LaShawn McCoy is a guy I want to talk about. 7,900. You know, McCoy's season hasn't been up to expectation. That's because he's still got a zero in the touchdown column, which is very frustrating. However, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. We've got a team that, you know, defensively all banged up, all kinds of confused. They're limping in here into Buffalo. I like McCoy in this one. What are your thoughts on him? Um, I'm, I'm just, like, I, I get it. Um, and you don't want any part of that passing game. So logically, uh, you move to the run a little bit. Uh, it is a home game. Um, I could see him, you know, t- crossing the touchdown threshold. Um, but I, you know, looking at, at who's available right around there, like I'd probably like Devontae Freeman a little bit better. All right, let's go to Jay Ajayi and Melvin Gordon. Gordon's coming off two great games. And then now he's got Denver coming off a bad loss to the, I mean, a monumental loss. And kudos to you. You were on the right side of it. Uh, I don't know if you thought the Giants would do as well as they did, but <laughs> no. uh, I did lose the bonus question this week, so we're back to three, two, and one. I'm still in the lead by one. All right, but... so that, that'll change after this week. Then. <laughs> cool. Well, this week's bonus question is fun. Make sure you stick around to the end to uh, to catch that one. But Melvin Gordon, I think, is going to be in a bad situation this week because that defense has probably gotten the tar beat out of him this week for that dreadful performance. So I'm going to stay away from Gordon. And I know Ajayi's missed practice time, but this seems to be the new norm for him, the right. way they're managing him. Uh, you remember a couple weeks ago in the beginning of the season, I wanted all the Jay Ajayi against the Jets. I said, this is it. We're going all in. Yeah, it didn't work out. Uh, this is the redemption game for me, for Jay Ajayi. And I'm going to go back to the well a second time at 7,400. In fact, I got him and McCoy in a lineup and it's got Brown and it's got Prescott and it was easy to do. Oh, dang. That's a, that's a nice combo there. Um, definitely. I I think you're right to point out that with Ajayi, um, you know, this is a, this is a thing that's going to be kind of just the, the theme for for him throughout his career. I mean, when he came into the NFL, um, there, the reason he fell as far as he did in the draft was that was like the kind of a chronic knee issue. So, um, as long as he's good to go on Sundays, then, you know, what, what's it matter? Um, so I, I, I'm with you there. I think that he's, um, He's a nice play this week. I'm, I'm not sure how many shares of him I'm going to get in my lineups, but um, certainly someone that, that like maybe people are going to be underestimating this week. And I, I think, like you said, uh, matchup and volume here uh, should, be, should both be uh, working in Ajayi's favor. So I like that a fair bit. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the rest of the running backs here because this is, is a real important pool this week. You got Mark Ingram coming off a huge game against Green Bay. What's your initial instinct there? Um, I, I wish he was priced a little bit differently. Like I, I do like Ingram a fair bit. Um, if you're going against the Packers uh, defense, they're, they're pretty much uh, middling across the board. You know, they're like 14th against the run, 19th against the pass or something like that. So um, you just sort of like average either way you slice it. Um, I, like I said, like, you know, Ingram was what, 5,900 last week. So a $1,200 jump. Um, I'm not as into it, but like if you move down, uh, my favorite running back this week is Carlos Hyde, and that's because that's because um, you know he's going against a Dallas defense that is that is quantifiably 32nd against the run in terms of DVOA, and Hyde does have the second most red zone uh, rushes of anyone in the league uh, behind Le'Veon Bell over the last four weeks. So that's more than um, 
that more than like a Leonard Fournette, who, you know, everyone kind of knows has been a workhorse. So quietly Hyde's been getting those touches in the red zone. Um, I expect that to continue this week. Um, you know, again, with the rookie quarterback going, uh, I expect San Francisco to kind of lean on the ball or lean on the run game. Um, so yeah, 6,700. I really like him. Also like Jordan Howard a fair bit, uh, this week because he's been getting uh, a ton of volume. I know the matchups a little bit tough. Um, but he's a he's a second in carries over the last four weeks. He's got 96 carries over the last uh, four weeks. I think with, with Trubisky in the fold again, another rookie quarterback. Um, Chicago's going to lean on the run game a fair bit. Um, so the, these two guys, like I've I made my lineup uh, using those two guys at, at my running back spots and paid up elsewhere. I love it. I, I think that's that's spot on. By the way, my new hip hop R and B album drops on November first, and it's called Touches in the Red Zone. Just want everybody to go out there and check it oh, out. That's Again, fire. Yeah, November first. No, yeah, right. straight fire, baby. Touches in the red zone. Oh, it's lit. Yeah, it's kind of like R. Kelly-ish. It's like that, but a little less abusive and weird. It's just, <laughs> it's just about love. You know? Yeah, just more soul. Yeah, and touches less in the red scary zone. stuff. <laughs> now let's talk about some guys that have gotten overpriced. Besides Mark Ingram, Jarek McKinnon, especially in the full PPR, yep. was a guy the last two weeks. I was telling you, go, 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 bye, bye, bye. He was terrific. Now I'm telling you don't because now we're up to that range where it's tricky. Now he's really got to perform well. He has to perform well yeah. in order to be a good return. So I'm a little skeptical. But I do want to say with Kaiser back in the fold, our good friend Duke Johnson is back hey in now. action, baby. Woo! I love it. So if you're looking for those full point uh, PPR running backs, um, that would be one of them. Duke would be one of them. Uh, Alvin Kamara is another guy. Probably will get involved at 6-1, sure. much cheaper than the aforementioned Melvin Ingram, uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Ingram. I just, I just made Melvin Gordon and Mark Ingram the same guy. Like they Melvin were a celebrity standing couple. Listening to this podcast, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just made up my own running back. I made this like a. <laughs> I have a question for you. If for some reason you know things go south and you get some kind of weird news on Friday afternoon about Fournette, or you know, all of a sudden Sunday he's a game time decision. A lot of people talking about Chris Ivory and how good he's looked this year. Would you go the Chris Ivory route against the Colts? Would you would you throw caution to the wind at fifty nine hundred and see what you get out of him? Oh man, I, I hate that like it, he's priced it in the way that that's sort of guarded against him being like the the total like free bingo space of, of this week's slate. Like <laughs> you, know, you know, it's it's fifty nine hundred. So I mean, it, it's not. I mean, it's certainly cheap and like certainly opens things up for you, but. Uh, he's still got to pull his weight a little bit. You you still probably need about 12 points from him uh, for it to be worth it. And do you think that he really gets there? I mean, yes, Indianapolis is pretty uh, bad, you know, pretty much across the board. De- defensively, uh, a bit of a mess. They got beat up a fair bit uh, by the Titans this past week. But um, I'm probably going away from Ivory. I probably won't end up with any shares of him. I definitely see the logic there. But, um, you know, like you were just talking about, Duke Johnson for 400 less, um, I, I would probably go uh, towards him uh, well before I go after the the uh, ivory. Yeah. Now the other guy, yeah, Derek Henry, also fifty six hundred. I think that's a trap. Like using yeah. using uh, running back since Cleveland this year has been a bad idea. Well, it has because that Cleveland front, like I've been saying, you know, I mean, I've been on this wagon since before week one. The Cleveland front is good. 
the Cleveland part of the reason the Cleveland defense is poor it's really good, man. is because the offense is poor and because they just stretch them to a place where no defense should be stretched. When you can't move the change, you turn the ball over and you constantly even put a good defense on the field as much as they're on the field. It's, it's not going to work. Uh, I mentioned Duke Johnson at 55. That's a, a good, responsible punt play. Uh, yep. Last week, I was the Deion Lewis whisperer. That was amazing. You like that? that? I was so hyped. I, I like used him because you, you, you were the proclaimed whisperer. <laughs> well, it was now only 11 like, uh, points, so let's not give you too much credit. But still, it was, it's, you know, for the price he was. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, no, that was awesome. Yeah, well, I was pumped on that. Just double digits. Now, here's the interesting part. The Falcons are absolutely dreadful against slot receivers slash running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. Go back to the Super Bowl, go to the Ty Montgomery game, go to even last week uh, against Jarvis Landry, who caught a ton of balls. So it's just it's just a fact. you know. As they say in the Dothraki horde, it is known. It is known <laughs> that the Falcons cannot stop this. Now, Deion Lewis does fit this vibe. So does James White. But so does Amendola. I'm feeling Amendola this week between the three of them. I just think that's kind of the route it's going to go. And for the prices now that some of these guys are, I think that's probably the best investment. But I'm not saying go out and start Deion Lewis again, but you can see that Lewis is getting a little bit of that status in the offense back that he had before he got hurt a couple years ago. That's right. And, uh, you know, maybe some people are hoping that are going to go the James White route because they, they remember the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I, I'd probably go – um, yeah, a Lewis, like I think the like the floor for for those type of running backs in the New England offense, like they really could give you a goose egg if if like the game flow and and other kind of factors uh, go the wrong way. Then like you know you're sitting there having paid for a James White or a Deion Lewis and you have like zero points. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going more the passing game or like the traditional passing game uh, as far as the Patriots exposure, but I would, I would go Lewis over James White too. One more cheap running back. And this is, this is, I don't think we've ever spent this much time on this position, but the prices and the matchups all bear witness. And Arlene's dark another guy has gone two times value, at least the last couple games, he's got a tough matchup, but he's at home against Seattle. Seattle's up and down, you know, 5,200. Right. A lot of these backs that we talked about are going to be very popular owns. There are going to be some high ownership on a lot of these cheaper backs. Um, the ones that John mentioned earlier, you talked about Hyde. Who is the other one you highlighted? Real quick? It was uh, Howard, right? Hyde and Howard. From a volume standpoint, John's completely right. I think because you're going to get a lot of people getting fancy this week with running back, quote unquote, and you can't see it because we're you know recording this. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes when I say fancy. <laughs> because they're getting fancy, you should contemplate very hard using the guys that John's talking about, using the guys that I'm talking about and paying up because, because sometimes, you know, the fancy works out, but most of the time it bottoms out more often than not. So yeah, or like if you go too, like, you know, too fan, too fancy, like right. twice, like your, your odds of getting like a terrible return on that are, are much higher. Right. And, and that goes for cash games and tournaments alike. Yep. You know, it's just, it's too much strange. There's a reason why you see high ownership of some players in the million dollar winner. Because it's usually the best XYZ lineup wins. You know, it's that yeah. one differential that makes a difference, not two or three. And this week, I think there's a huge temptation because of the price of Le'Veon Bell, because of the Fournette injury of people to fade off of that. And I'm telling you, the McCoys, the Ajayis, the Hydes, the Howards, I think that's the way you want to go. If you want to try one of them and then in a visual multi-entry trying to get one of the other guys, that's fine too. Um, one of the lower run guys and pay up at wide receiver, it's fair. I get it. But just saying everybody – you know, when a week where everybody's doing, you know, zigging, you need to zag a little bit, and that's the difference. And if 2017 has taught us anything, it's to do that. 
Uh, Antonio Brown, top of the board, 9,300. But it bears witness that Antonio Brown is 200 more yards than anybody else in football. Uh, Antonio Brown is just a monster. Uh, I'm buying into Antonio Brown without buying into Roethlisberger or anything else. I'm fine with starting every lineup with him now in cash. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, the target volume is just uh, obscene and the, the catch rate is fantastic. I mean, it, yeah, he's, he's as reliable a fantasy asset uh, on a week-to-week basis uh, as there is in the entire league. And yeah, he leads the league uh, nine targets over anyone else, um, over DeAndre Hopkins, who's second. Um, just, yeah, rely, so consistent. I mean, we can see him get upwards of 15, uh, almost 20 targets. I mean, that's like some college-level stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, going against the Bengals, um, I think that he's always uh, been a guy that, that shows up uh, against them. Uh, so I like him a lot. Really, the, I guess the question uh, boils down to, do you like him or Julio Jones against one of the worst uh, past defenses in the league um, for 500 less? Or has Julio like frustrated you enough throughout this season to where like you're just going to, you know, hold your nose and go that extra 500 for Brown? Well, the, the frustration with Julio is the lack of touchdowns. Right. Just kind of like we talked about McCoy and, and we talked, we'll, we'll talk about Garcon too. I mean, these, these guys were putting up yardage totals every day. Um, I think I would lean towards Brown. And I know it's expensive <laughs> to do yeah. it. But if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to fade from Brown, I'd rather fade to Des Bryant at 82 and do the full $1,000 fade than to fade 500 and try to get cute with a guy who they continue to have trouble you know, with turnovers, they continue to have trouble sometimes. And here's the one thing you know about Belichick, right? If you're Bill Belichick, what do you do? You look at this game and you say, well, what do we have to do? We have to stop Julio Jones. So they're going to do yep. everything they can to stop Julio Jones, which means to me a lot of Devontae Freeman in this game for sure. And he's the guy that's probably going to have the most fantasy points. That would be my guess, especially as a Pats fan. This is what I historically have seen in my life. And it historically works. And clearly Julio is the guy to take out in this offense. It's not Freeman. It's not anybody else but Julio. Sure. You take out Julio, I think they're a very beatable team. So, yeah, if I'm fading from Antonio, I'm fading down to Dez. I might even fade down to Mike Evans, too, because I'm sure the ownership with Fitzpatrick playing will be low, but I don't think it matters. I mean, if we one thing we learn about Mike Evans, I think Mike Evans is matchup-proof. Mike Evans is almost quarterback-proof. Yep. You know, don't uh, Brock Osweiler, don't get any ideas. Don't you dare come into this team. But uh, outside of Brock Osweiler coming in to play quarterback, I think that he's another guy you can always feel good about paying 8100 and playing. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, in in the grand pecking order of, of backup quarterbacks, you could certainly have a worse one than, than a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, a guy that um, – is a veteran, has tons of starting experience, so and he's going against his old team. Uh, Evans, I, th- I think, does make some sense, and and you you do bring up that really good point uh, where. Uh, what, uh, shoot, what was that? I know it's think? a very good point. Sometimes my points are so good that they're staggering. <laughs> it, it, I understand. It boggled my mind that he's just, yeah, he's basically just just matchup proof uh, and quarterback proof. So I think in the low ownership there, um, because people will be nervous about going Evans without Jameis. So the, that's. Uh, that's a really strong point. Um, what do you think of Brandon Cooks at 7,800, especially with like a Chris Hogan a little bit banged up? I think he's okay. My problem with Cooks is the drops. 
You know, for every great catch he has, he has a big drop too. And that shows up eventually. It's the difference between him having, you know, a 125-yard game and an 80-yard game. And I think that's that's been the difference with him this year. And you saw it in the Jet game too, a couple big drops, and that's a problem. T.Y. Hilton, another one with the matchup this week. Yeah, against, I'm just not going you know, against that Jacksonville secondary. You know, somebody terrifying. was trying to talk themselves into it, asking me questions on Twitter. I'm like, why do you ask me a question on Twitter if you don't want me to answer you? I can answer you. No, I would start hide over – over ty but what about the upside i understand the upside but what about the guy covering <laughs> yeah like, but yeah like you know he's sort of damned it either way you know if it, whether it's boy or ramsey like both of those guys are really tough They're both true I mean, ramsey's been brilliant this year um and that's why we didn't even mention Brissett in this pot i just don't especially after last week coming off the loss i think that they're going to be another defense that's got something to prove larry fitzgerald 7500 he continues to prove it the target volume has been strong. The presence of Peterson is a big help for him. I think you saw it last week. He caught 10 of 11 targets. I mean, he's had double-digit targets one, two, four times uh, this year in six weeks. That's tremendous. So I, I'll go down to that well, uh, especially too. in the full-point PPR. What are your thoughts on – okay, here's two guys. Doug Baldwin, who has really been quiet, but this is about the time of year where Doug Baldwin starts to flip the switch. He's the only football player I know that you could look at first and second-half stats – and there's a big difference. It's like a baseball player. And <laughs> I don't understand it, but we are edging that time where all of a sudden Doug Baldwin becomes a thing. Are you ready for him to become a thing? Or are you saying, no, I'm just not buying in? Um, I, I've, I'm totally burned on him in so many different uh, in uh, season long, so many places. I definitely get the rationale here. Um, going against the you know a Giants team that um, just kind of seems like a mess. I'm, I'm still kind of shell-shocked that they were able to pull off the win in Denver last weekend. Um, but, you know, for $100 more, like you are saying, I, I would go Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he's a guy that, like you mentioned, the target volume has been ridiculous. I think over uh, the last three games, he's gotten 30%. Uh, of the targets in that in that passing game and and now that Ellington uh, seemingly is sort of not as big a part of that game plan on a week-to-week basis I think that that funnels more targets to the wide receivers so I think Fitzgerald uh, is awesome and if you wanted to pivot off of him as far as uh, you wanted to get some exposure to the Arizona receivers I guess John Brown would be probably my second choice there um, because he he's had about 16 percent of the targets over, over that span um, so I'd go I'd go either either of those guys but uh, I like Fitzgerald over Baldwin uh, you know in a vacuum too all right Jordy Nelson is another tough sell at 74 I'm sure you could take a shot on him and and maybe you'll get paid on it then you got of course Stephon Diggs Keaton Allen Maurice Thomas Hogan all questionable right now all Dart throws if they play, I would stay away from them. Thielen, on the other hand, mentioning Diggs, that's another guy, 6,900, I think is certainly in play if you don't want to pay up for all the wide receivers there. Kelvin Benjamin dealing with the knee, which means Funchess might get a little bit more. But I want to talk about Pierre Garçon, who we keep talking about target volume. It's been there. Yardage show oh, yeah. been there. The only thing that hasn't been there, touchdowns. And that's a shame, but I think that changes this week. Um, I, I think that Dallas is just the right kind of defense to allow that to happen. But, you know, four, three of his last four weeks, he's got double-digit targets. And I think eventually that just kind of turns around for him. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that sort of volume, it just stands to reason that one of those times he's going to get into the end zone. I think this is a matchup, like you said, uh, where that can happen. Um, he's seen basically a quarter of the uh, 49ers targets in four of the six games that he's played in this year. So, I mean, he's, like, as far as a market share uh 
guy goes. Like he's he's an absolute beast in that regard. He's he, the offense or the passing game really funnels and flows through him. So I really like this matchup for him. I like it. You know, I, I get Funches this week because of uh, Benjamin probably not being a hundred percent. Plus Funches has been really good in his own right. But at, you know, I've gone to the Garcon well several times this year, and I haven't been uh, you know totally thrilled by it. But uh, he's never quite like let me down either. So I think that this is a week where we can see. Garcon pushed for closer to like 20 fantasy points by the end of the day. I really, really like him this week. Yeah, I think the full point PPR works in his favor too. Uh, totally. Danny Amendola, we mentioned at 6,200. I think he's going to have a busy day, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets in the end zone too. Uh, they just really struggle. I think they're like the bottom two in terms of slot corner coverage, uh, the Falcons are. Um, as you continue to go down this, look, you want to take a tournament shot at John Brown at 59? I'm okay with that. But Devontae Parker is going to be out for this one, and I think Kenny Stills is a – is a huge look. He's going to be highly owned probably, but it, I don't care. 4,900. I think the opportunities will be there. He's going against the jets. I think this is a very easy two times matchup for him. And who knows? I mean, Kenny stills does have that ability to get by a corner and have some big plays. He could even get two touchdowns in this one potentially. So I, I love what he brings. And if he bottoms out, you know, worst case is he gives me eight, nine points and he still pretty much returns value. So I'm, I'm good with that either way because it allows me to go up and, and like a, a as I was mentioning earlier, Prescott, McCoy, Ajayi, Brown, Fitzgerald, Kenny Stills, that allows you to do anything you want with your tight end, with your, uh, with your defense. You can play around with that and kicker. You've got plenty of, you know, just giving you like an idea. It's a very easy thing to do when you can find a receiver of 49, who I think is going to have the floor this week that Kenny Stills. Anybody else for you? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah go ahead. Totally. And anybody else for you on this um, roster? So, You're yeah. talking about like Schuster. You talk about, uh, you know, Martavis Bryant. Who are the other dart throws, if anybody, you want to make a case for? Yeah, it seems like like Schuster's starting to to horn in on on uh, that like that kind of third option in that in that Steelers offense. And Bryant, for as talented as I think he is, like it just seems like it's not really working out uh, this year. Um, so. This pick, uh, not as cheap as the Stills one. I do like that Stills one a lot, at, you know, with Parker being out. But Richard Matthews on, on Tennessee um, mm-hmm. is is definitely intriguing to me. He's 5,500. Um, a lot of the optimizers that I've seen really like him. And, and you know, I did some digging of my own. Um, he does lead the team in, in, uh, in targets, um, but it's been – under 20% of the targets the, the last couple weeks. So I think that that's part of the reason why his price is sitting down um, at 5,500. But, you know, th- this is an offense where it's going to either Eric Decker, him, um, or or Delaney Walker uh, in the passing game. And I, I think, you know, 5,500 going against that Brown secondary, um, you could certainly do a whole lot worse. All right. Over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash rotowire and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus a free entry in the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash rotowire, void where prohibited, on to the tight ends. We got Rob Gronkowski, 85 Gronk smash is always a good investment, but Cameron Braid at 62. I think the ownership will be lower without Fitzpatrick. He's put up double digits in three, four straight games here. I mean, Cameron Braid's a guy that kind of like Mike Evans, I'm throwing him out there no matter what, because I feel like Cameron Braid is going to be involved in the offense. Now, look, he's got four straight touchdowns. Even if you take the touchdown away and he has like a 11 point day or somewhere in that range, that's still okay. It's not going to kill you at tight end. 
No, that, that, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I do like braid a fair bit, but um, I'm going like a, the cheaper route um, for, for my tight ends this week. I think Evan Ingram with all the attrition elsewhere in that passing game. Uh, and I think people are going to be scared, scared away by you know, the Legion of Boom. Uh, I think that that God, that's so cheesy five years later. I'm so tired of it. But um, <laughs> like, like, can we can we just put it to bed, please? Like they, they're not. Um, so, yeah, 5,500 for Ingram. I like that a fair bit. Um, I do like Kyle Rudolph a lot. He's seen at least nine targets each of the last two weeks and going against the worst defense um, in terms of um, uh, defense against tight ends, according to Football Outsiders. I think that number is probably still a little bit skewed by the Mercedes Lewis game, but I think it still, you know, stands to reason that, that Rudolph uh, should have a, a pretty nice game here. And, the, you know, the last couple weeks suggest uh, that he is going to get fed a fair bit. Um, so 5,400 for him like that a lot. And I always like uh, Hunter Henry and he's only 5,200. All right. In that Giants game, you got Jimmy Graham going against the team of the Giants who historically we all know every week we talk about it because every week it's true except last week, but last week was a strange week. Uh, <laughs> just, and our options were AJ Derby and, and like, right. it wasn't Green, great, so but I was still, well, I, hey, I took the Derby plunge in some lineups and it didn't work out. That's a fine. I don't, I have no regrets. Okay. Because that's right. That's right. Uh, I've, I've seen the Giants every week struggle against the tight end for years now. And that game last week might've been the strangest, outcome i've seen in an nfl game in the last 10 years where they just they had no business going into denver and 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 i think denver just didn't take it seriously i don't think they prepared um and when you go down to it now jimmy graham or evan ingram in this game with everybody going on ingram is there something to be said for paying a couple hundred dollars more for graham or do you think ingram still with the volume still the better guy based on the fact there's so few options less uh that is an interesting point that that you know game theory wise um more of the ownership um, is going to be leaning towards uh, Ingram. I still can't get behind Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I know the matchup, it makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, everything points to it. Uh, and the Giants do really uh, historically give up uh, touchdowns to tight ends. But 5800 it's just sort of like a wonky price. Um, whereas, you know, you can just go way uh, further down in the 5000s or even to like a high 4000s uh, guy and find your, find your answer there. So I'm probably staying away from Jimmy Graham. All right, let's go over. Oh, actually, no, before we do, let's go talk about Kittle because you wanted yes, to mention Kittle too. Yes. Go, George Kittle, do it. Okay, so Kittle, again, uh, a guy that um, was uh, one of Beathard's favorite uh, passing, uh, pass catching options at Iowa. Um, he's seen uh, 17 and 20% of the market share targets over the last two weeks. Um, so obviously, draws a lot of attention from, from uh, Beathard. Last week was a 20% one, which is the one that Beathard really played in. So that, that's encouraging. Um, and his catch rate's good. Um, I think that, uh, you know, everything is pointing towards him having a good game. Uh, and Dallas, 29th uh, against defending the tight end. Um, and I also wanted to point out against, or uh, for Hyde's purposes, uh, they're, they're the worst at defending uh, running backs out of the backfield as pass catchers. So uh, Hyde and Kittle, uh, both of them, both of those guys, I think are, are really nice plays this week. And Kittle, obviously at, at 4,800, um, you know, he doesn't need to do a ton to, uh, to get you where you want to go. Um, but I, I really do think that it, he can, I think he pushes for double digits this week. All right, let's go over to the defense of Seattle, top of the board, 55, Jacksonville, 54. I expect Jacksonville to, to rebound a, a great deal. And I think they're going to give Brissett a hard time in Indianapolis. Um, Denver on another rebound game against the Chargers. That's another one that I think there's going to be lots of opportunity there. But I don't like to pay for defense if I can avoid it. There's some weeks I want to. Last week I wanted to and it backfired, so that sucks. But right. historically speaking, it's been 
pretty good so far to pay up for defense this year. You've gotten what you paid for. But there's one defense to me that just sticks out, and it's kind of been my defense that I'm going to be rolling out there. And it's Miami at home against the Jets. And he, here's my reasoning. I know, like, they're not the hugest, you know, turnover situation and, and whatnot, but I think the Jets will – will make mistakes in this game. I think the they will they've been a really good defense in terms of, you know, limiting points. They've only given up 16 and, and a half points on the year, the Dolphins. And that's Dang. yeah, I mean that's a thing. And we're talking about they've played New Orleans, they've played Atlanta. They've played some offenses far better than the Jets. And I think the Jets are really going to struggle. I think you're going to see a very low point total in this one from the Jets. And if you do, that's already a good building block of points for the Dolphins defense and he added in a couple turnovers and a few sacks they do get to the quarterback I think that's a positive uh how about for you uh who's a defense that you're looking at this week that you think is very uh useful um I, I like the Titans going against Cleveland I know they are on the road on a short week but yeah I mean, Deshaun this, Kaiser hands the yeah, ball exactly though, the, the so great equalizer so uh that that should work out well um I, I don't anticipate the Browns being able to put up a ton of points and you, you got to think that um you know the the upside for for turnovers and potentially turnovers with points attached to them uh, is pretty high um, for the Titans. Um, I also you know for despite the mentions of some of that Tampa Bay offense, um, it's still probably not going to be you know going full force. So maybe the Bills um, at forty five hundred. I mean you know across the board like the numbers uh, say that they've been one of the best defenses in in the league this year. Uh, so go, getting to go against Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, you know the the. The uh, Bucks guys that we mentioned, I don't think they need to do a ton to to really hit value. So I think you can uh, you can you uh, different lineups, obviously, but um, I think you can use the Bills uh, defense yeah. going against the Bucks. Bills and Dolphins for me, those are the two at forty five and forty three respectively. I think you can absolutely uh, yep. do very well there with those and and not break the bank. You don't have to go up and pay for you know five thousand dollar defense at all. And and look, this is gonna be a fun week, man. The running backs are gonna drive this thing. If you get running back right, I think it's a big separator this week. That's how I see it. Also, just a reminder, as I said earlier, my new hip hop R and B album dropping November first. Make sure you get in it. Touches in the red zone. <laughs> And remember, it's T-H-A, touches in the red zone. I just want everybody to know that. Uh, first single coming off that, Exotic Smash Mouth. You like that? That's uh, the first single coming off the album, so make sure you uh, check that out. You yeah, can I heard the demo it. of that. It's, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Wow, so. I, I don't want to blow it, but you know, I got a lot of big people appearing on there. Don't, you know, Jay-Z, uh, you know, just to name a few who, uh, you know, that's just one. A lot of people did a little feature stuff on the album, so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For What's everybody, the bonus here. question. What's oh the bonus wait! Question? Oh wait a minute! I thank you. See, everybody was going to yell at me there. You're right. You don't follow me yet. Stay here. The bonus question. Thank you. Stay bonus question. And I've got it here. I'm so busy trying to whore my new album that I forgot the bonus question. Uh, <laughs> the bonus Joe. question of the week: Julio Jones has zero touchdowns on the year. Pierre Garçon has zero touchdowns on the year. McCoy has zero touchdowns on the year. Now, in um, trying to you know, spice this up a little bit, I'm gonna, this is a three-point question, so I'm going to give a point for each one you get right. Does Julio Jones get a touchdown this week? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, I say yes as well. So that's two yeses. So we're both on yes for Julio. We'll both get a point if he does. Pierre Garcon, does he get a touchdown this week? Yes. All right. I'm going to say no just to be different here because I think that'll be fun. All right. Even though I think the opportunity is there, and I said it earlier, I want to get some points. Now we're talking about gamesmanship. This is a whole different thing. Indeed. 
Uh, LaShawn McCoy, does he see the end zone this week? No, no. The Bills are too miserable on offense. Okay, John says no. I'm going to say yes. Big Daniel Bryan, yes, with the two fingers in the air. Yes, yes, yes to LaShawn McCoy. So there you have it. We both say Julio. He says Garcon. I say McCoy. I'm sure you'll all be watching. You can follow us on Twitter to see as we banter about it on Sunday, I'm sure. Uh, you can follow him at Johnny McKex. We'll try this again. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.